Thank you, Arnie. And may God bless the reading of the scripture this morning, and may the words from my mouth be what we need to hear today. Humans, we're all unique, but we all have a lot in common. We share a lot of the same hopes and dreams for our lives, uh, a lot of the same likes and dislikes. Even in a world of almost 8 billion people, there are some things that people can, all, most of us can agree upon. One is, you know, I'm a really good singer in the shower or in my car. Another one might be that my pet understands when I talk to it. You know, it's kind of humorous. Uh, I'll say, to, I'll explain to my dog why he's being bad and, and, and uh, I'll go on and give him a paragraph's worth and then my wife will look at me and say, you know, he didn't understand a word you said right just now. And, yeah, I know, but it felt good, yeah. <laughs> or how about this, my pet is smarter than most people. Or how about this one, I push the elevator button more than once, maybe sometimes more than twice, even though I know that it's not going to make any difference or make the elevator go any faster. When driving, and I'm guilty of this one, when you're driving and you get, start to get into some heavy traffic or something's happening, don't you turn the stereo down, the radio down? Why do you turn the radio down, so you can see better? You know, I don't know why we do that, but we do it. Then there's uh, the, the thought that maybe that calories don't exist on holidays or special occasions. You know, we don't worry about that. Jim says that's the truth. That's, that's not just a, something that we believe. It's the truth. And here's the last one. And I think most all of us can agree on this one. Everybody needs a nap sometimes, right? And the older, yeah, some more than others. And the older I get, the more naps I need. It's reassuring to know, though, that most of us agree on the important issues, you know, like naps. In our Bible passage this morning, Jesus addresses another issue almost all of us can agree upon. And that is there are times in our lives when we are weary, when we are heavy burdened, when we need a little bit of relief. A mom wrote to Reader's Digest to share her preschooler's advice on what to do with the major, one of the major stresses in her life, and that was work. He said, one day she, his mom said she was too busy to play. And he said, well, mom, I have advice for you. When people tell me to do work, I just don't listen to them then I don't have work to do. It works for me. Maybe you should try it. Sounds great, but we know that real life doesn't work that way, don't we? There's never been a time in history when people have not been stressed, when they've lived stress-free lives, except in the very, very beginning, when Adam and Eve were in the garden. But the built-up, unrelieved stress that many of us feel in our daily lives makes us extra weary at times. We get very tired. It becomes a physical, a mental, and an emotional, and a spiritual burden. And we ask our doctor, why can't you help me? Don't you have a pill for me or something? I'm so tired all the time. Dr. Arnold Fox was commissioner of the Medical Board of California. And he, his job was to give oral exams to young doctors who were applying for the medical license. Well, he says that he was surprised at how few of them realized that fatigue 
is often caused by stress. In almost every exam, the young doctors or wannabe docs, soon to be doctors, gave him a list of physical illnesses that might be, ca that might be caused by fatigue, but almost none of them gave stress as a source of that fatigue. Dr. Fox said, doctors are still being taught the disease drug equation. For every disease, there's a drug, or there will be soon. But we already have something more powerful, he said, than any other drug devised, and it's exactly tailored to our needs. It's our spirit, unleashed. The human spirit can be a whirlwind of health, happiness, and success in life. He said, when your spirit is weak, you're filled with pessimism and gloom. You feel small and helpless. You wonder if it's possible to find any joy in life. I believe that Dr. Fox is on to something, something that's very real and very promising, but how do we set our spirit free? How do we go about doing that? Well, the answer can only be found in the one who created our spirit. So the answer begins with giving that weariness to God, giving it to Jesus. That brings us to our text. I want us to hear these words like the average Jewish citizen back in that day might have heard them. Because I think we'll find that their burdens were very much like ours today. They faced all the nor normal burdens that we face daily. Financial stress, family problems, health concerns, and others. Plus, they were burdened with a very demanding legalistic religious system that taught them that they could never do enough to be right in God's eyes. They always had to be sacrificing and working, and works were very important if you're going to please God. So their religious life might have been a source of guilt, and it might have been a source of stress, too. And then, imagine their relief when they hear these words. They're always thinking every day about what they've got to do to, to, make, to, to please God and to make God happy, so that they'll be able to go to heaven someday. And then Jesus comes along and says these words, Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. This is more proof to us of the amazing, gracious relationship that we have with God. This relationship is not a one-way street. We don't have to bring our best self to God. We can bring our weary, tired, stressed out selves to him and we can trade our burdens and our weariness and our stress for his rest, resting in God. The Greek word used in verse 28 for give you rest is also translated as refreshed. Have you ever been so worn out that even sleep and vacation and downtime don't seem to still restore your energy. The rest that Jesus offers us is refreshment, true refreshment, where body, mind, and soul are energized. They're restored. They're at peace again. Jesus follows this invitation with these words, Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. Jesus talks here about th 
Well, let, let me just uh, back up a little bit and say that there are three ways that animals are yoked or connected together to get work done. And they do better when they're yoked, connected together, than they could do alone. One way is that the yoke keeps all the animals facing in the same direction. They're all moving forward together. The yoke helps them to share the weight of the load that they're pulling. And the yoke keeps them walking in step with each other. They're moving along at about the same speed. Let's talk about how being yoked or connected to Jesus gives us rest for our souls. First of all, we, when we are yoked, connected to Jesus, we know that we are never alone. A couple of years ago, a writer for the Voice of the Martyrs organization interviewed a woman from Nigeria. Her name was Naomi. The Voice of the Martyrs is a nonprofit organization, and their mission is to defend the human rights of Christians who are persecuted around the world. Soldiers from Boko Haram, an Islamic militant organization, had invaded Naomi's town. And some of you may remember just a few years back when Boko Haram kidnapped 276 Christian children in Nigeria and took them. When Boko Haram invaded their town, Naomi and her kids, along with thousands of other refugees, ran. They ran from their homes to escape this violence. And Naomi said, I had only God, and I talked to God. God gave me the strength that I needed. For two years, those refugees from Naomi's town lived on the side of a mountain. But then, when the Boko Haram found out about them, with guns and bombs, they headed out to capture them again. So they had to run again. They ran to a camp in Cameroon, and then they also settled for a while in an emergency camp in Nigeria. But they were forced to leave there again. And as Naomi said, I did not know where to go. So I cried to God. Some workers from the Voice of the Martyrs helped Naomi and her children to find a home. They enrolled their kids in a local school, and even with all the trauma they had experienced, Naomi says, since the passing of my husband, God has kept me. The attack only made me stronger in my faith. Pray for me, that with the help of God, I will not fail. We will never face anything like Naomi and her children did. Yet she finds her strength, she says, nowhere else but in God. All she has faced has only made her stronger in her faith. She understands what it means to be yoked, to be connected with Jesus, to walk beside him, to walk and step with him, to give him her burdens and her weariness. The second thing we learn when we are yoked or connected to Jesus is that he offers us his strength to carry our burdens. This is because of his steadfast love for us. We are not alone, and we don't depend on our own strength. Paul talked about the joy and relief that came from relying on Jesus' strength in 2 Corinthians. Paul had said he had been struggling with some kind of burden, some physical burden that is so overwhelming that he begged God to take it away. But Jesus answers him, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Paul goes on to say that he will talk about his weaknesses. He'll tell others about it. 
so that Jesus' power will rest on him because he says, when I am weak, I am strong. We don't appreciate the incredible gift that Jesus is offering us in this passage of Scripture until our own strength is gone and until we're ready to give up. There was a time in Dr. Martin Luther King Jr.'s life when he said he was very, very close to giving up. It was 1956. He'd gotten yet another telephone call threatening his life and the life of his family. He got these calls before, but the accumulation of all of these threats on his life and his kids and his wife and his fear that they were at, that they were at, rest, at risk caused him to wonder if he should just throw in the towel and forget all this and walk away from it for good. But at midnight, he says, he bowed over his kitchen table and he began to pray. These were the words he prayed. He said, God, I am afraid. The people are looking to me for leadership and if I stand before them without strength and courage, they too will falter. I am at the end of my powers. I have nothing left. I've come to the point where I cannot face it alone. And as he prayed, he said he experienced the presence of God as he had never experienced God before. He said that it seemed as though he could hear the quiet assurance of an inner voice saying, stand up for what's right. Stand up for truth. And God will be at your side forever. And that is exactly what he did. And the rest is history. When we are yoked, connected to Jesus, he gives us the strength to carry our burdens. And the last thing we learn when we are yoked, connected to God, connected to Jesus, is that he offers us his peace. This is the final peace in finding the rest for our souls that Jesus promises. Jesus shows us the goodness and faithfulness of God. Our peace comes from Jesus living in and through and in us through the Holy Spirit, continually reminding us of these things. Meditating on the goodness and the faithfulness of God helps keep anxiety and fear and hopelessness away. A pastor tells the story of a man he visited in the cardiac ICU a few years ago in New York City. The man had experienced complications from a recent heart surgery, and he was scared. He was exhausted. He felt helpless. And as he contemplated his life, he realized that he had never been really at peace. Peace was the one thing that he needed the most. The next morning, the hospital chaplain stopped by for a short visit. The chaplain made some small talk, and then he offered to read a Bible passage and to pray with him. The man was not really paying much attention to the chaplain until he heard the Bible passage that the chaplain had chosen to read to him. It was words from John 14 that said, Peace I leave with you. My peace I give you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. The man said that those verses struck him like a spiritual hammer. The hospital chaplain had no idea of this man's struggles. Yet he just happened to choose those words of Jesus that spoke to his deepest needs. Peace, 
the man realized that the peace that he needed could only be found in Jesus. And he began that day to yoke, to connect his life to Jesus, to walk in step with Jesus. And he found the peace that he couldn't find anywhere else but in the goodness and faithfulness of God. Author J. Oswald Sanders once said, Peace is not the absence of trouble, but the presence of God. Are you weary? I'm weary. I'm tired. It's been a long, long three years. Three years plus, I guess now. And I'm tired. And vacations don't do it for me anymore. A day off here or there doesn't do it for me anymore. A little bit of a road trip doesn't do it anymore. I'm weary. But you know what? Jesus never said that he would protect us from the problems and the bad things that come along and the difficulties in this life. He said in John 16, verse 33, in this world you will have trouble. Yeah, you're going to have trouble. But take heart, because I have overcome the world. When we yoke, when we connect with Jesus, when we walk and step with him, when we take his point of view on our lives, we've talked before about looking at the world through his eyes. When we do those things, we look for his purpose his, and his promise that in him we will find rest for our weary souls. Amen.